Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, drop the subject. Allie and Jarrett here with you. Justin said we were on like 10 seconds ago, and I started talking, but we weren't. Oh, really? He was lying. <laughs> Ginger Justin, you prankster. They you really do have no soul, don't just, they? Just... Quit being a tattletale. <laughs> <laughs> you listening, boss of ours? Yeah. All right. We're we... going to be telling on you. Yeah. If you want us to tattle on somebody, just give us a call. 833-77-CALL-Q. A... <laughs> we will uh, accept all tattles. We're off the rails. And snitches. 30 seconds in. Okay. <laughs> well, I uh, I had kind of a long evening last night because uh, I met Kamala Harris. No, I'm just kidding. I hate you. I was going to say, your night could not have been longer than mine, <laughs> but maybe. No, no, no. I don't think it was. Were you up at a panel? What was going on Well, I was I was here doing Loveline until 8.40, and then I was still in a meeting until 10 o'clock last night. Oh, God. I got Meetings. home, and like I, I crashed last night. Okay. I, I almost texted you guys last night, like, Tomorrow might be a doozy. Oh, really? But I didn't. But yeah, I was well, thinking about it. I was not out and about at all, but I was in my own private hell. Not hell, but I was having to have long conversations with Katie because of an email that we received. I from knew it was going to be something with Katie. <laughs> from the yes, yep. Uh, because of all these power outages, uh, there are you know we talked yesterday about how there are a bunch of power outages up in Northern California, but there are some that are going to be affecting Southern California. And I, uh, first of all, I got a text message from my uh, whatever the um, power company. No, the <clears throat> my phone company, mm-hmm. and they said we would like to help you during this difficult time. If you live in one of these selected areas affected by the California power outage, you will not be charged for any talk, text, or data coverages from midnight October 9th until 11.59 p.m. on October 13th. So oh, I'm getting, wow. they're helping me out with free data coverage in this difficult time wow. where I don't have power. The generosity. I have. These are some real first world problems that we're facing. I mean, uh, just, oh, the kindness, the overwhelming kindness. That I'm able to post selfies in a time of need. I'm going to throw up in my mouth. It's very important. Well, I the reason that I say I was up and uh, up having arguments last night was because of this email. And this is from the leasing office of my apartment complex. Dear Allison, this is a proactive message about a possible Southern California power outage beginning this week. As soon as today or tomorrow, pending weather conditions, we may experience power outages that could last between... Five to seven days. Jesus. You'll remember yesterday during the game, AMA, I explained that I pretty much do everything around the house to keep Katie alive. <laughs> I don't remember you wording it quite that way, well, but yes. I cook all of our meals, and she has already been preparing, because I'm gone this week. I'm out of town. I'm going like, I to- I feed her water. <laughs> I bathe her. I do. I fill her water dish right next to the cats. <laughs> and I'm going to be gone this weekend in Minnesota- freezing my ass off. So you got one of those automatic water feeders? So like, yeah, it, okay. I did that and then I've got the food too, but then right. I also have that webcam that gives them treats that dispenses <laughs> treats to her when she's being good. We have those we still have some of those Trader Joe's little oat bars left over or something with the oats and dates and nuts and all that. So oats and dates. You just like shoot them out every now and then. Oh god, that's yeah. such a crappy treat. Yeah. Dispenser. So so she's already been planning and she's literally writing lists of what she's going to eat every day because she's so stressed about it. 
What? Yeah, she well, because she doesn't like cooking. She doesn't cook. She doesn't like doing it. She doesn't like grocery shopping. So it's an overwhelming experience for her. She's been worried about it all week. Then I explained that this email has come in and that she might not have power for the entire weekend that I'm gone. Okay. If this happens. Now, that's cause for concern. I get that. I, I get you might not have power for a week. Oh, okay. I could see you being a little bit concerned. But, like, what am I going to eat for a week? <laughs> like, well... She she now doesn't know what to do because the lists that she's been making are completely moot if the fridge doesn't work. And the microwave. And the microwave. Yeah. Right. So she's wondering, do I need to go out into the woods and build a fire to cook the things that I've now planned to eat? I love that the immediate alternative <laughs> is I need to go out into the woods and build a fire. <laughs> Not like I could go stay with friends or I could go get a hotel or I could go, you know, any... Do I need to go out into the woods and build a fire? She's immediately into Bear grill status. I just don't. She needs to. Well, she's also like, we have a lot of camping equipment. I'm like, this is true. We do have a good amount of camping equipment. We have tiny little propane things that can uh, create a, a mini flame if she wants to make soup. But I said. Lesbian! Right? <laughs> She said, what am I supposed to do? Lesbian! <laughs> I mean, Right? <laughs> She's like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I mean, if I just leave and go camping, should I just go camping? I was like, What the hell stay, are you talking can't about? You go stay with the friends that you guys hid the cake in the freezer. Exactly. I was like, Go stay with our cousin Shannon. She she probably she has room for the cake in the freezer again. We'll yeah. just do our yearly evacuation yeah, at I their mean, house. Like... So here's what she's supposed to how she's supposed to prepare, according to the email. The following are some helpful items to uh, to help you in your preparation. Have flashlights available with new batteries. I told her we have those already. External batteries fully charged for charging phones and computers. We don't have that at all. Bottled water. This was something that she left the house yesterday to go get. And I'm sure it's sold out. No, I don't think it is yet, but okay. they did have a giant at Albertsons. She took a picture because they had a giant six foot tall display of, of piles of White Claw. What is White Claw? White Claw. Is that a brand? You know what White Claw is. That's that vodka soda thing that everyone's freaking out about. That there was a shortage of White Claw. Oh, we talked about this on the show, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was like, okay, they want to make sure the basic bitches are prepared. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Buy as many as you can. Uh, they want you to store canned or dry goods that you do not need to cook. Have a full tank of gas in your vehicle. That's another reason Katie left yes yesterday was to make sure we had a full tank of gas in case she needs to leave and, I don't know, go camping. <laughs> Cash on hand in case of the ATMs are down. Blankets and warm clothing in case heaters are not working. And being mindful of storing your food properly as refrigerators will be inoperable. So I don't know if this happens, if Katie's going to be alive when I get back. I don't know if she's going to be living with coyotes. Alive when I I'm not back. sure what to expect, but if you are uh, without power, I, I have some tips for you and on how to keep you alive, according to my leasing office. I mean, it sounds pretty grim. Yeah. I, I don't think you're going to have a wife when you get back. <laughs> I so. don't know. I think I'll have cats, but no You'll wife. You'll have cats, no wife. Well, they'll be eating her. Because, <laughs> you know, cats will eat you in 24 hours. Yeah, they, I think they wait like 20 minutes now. I am... <laughs> They're like, wow. is the body cold? I don't care. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we've got some uh, pretty crazy political updates of things that happened this morning. Uh, we've got a gay, gay, cray, cray. We're going to talk to Dr. Chris from Loveline. He's got his coming out story later on today. Uh, there's so much coming up. I've got my first real estate I'm excited yeah. about. Um, all those things and more coming up. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. 
Well, it's been a morning in the Trump administration. I know. You've spent the entire morning glued to the news because there have been arrests made. Well, that and putting product in my hair. Uh, you know, so, uh, no, I, uh, I woke up this morning to see headlines, and this one comes from CNN.com. says, two men connected to Giuliani's Ukraine efforts charged with funneling foreign money into U.S. election. So, I will say their names, Igor Fruman and Lev Parnas, total 80s villain names. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Igor Fruman. I, you got an accent with that, too? Igor Fruman. The face that you make when you say it, Lef Barnes. I, I, I should put you on Instagram stories hey. so people could see this look. Um, the beginning of the story here from CNN says, Two associates of Rudy Giuliani connected to efforts to dig up dirt in Ukraine on Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden have been arrested and indicted on criminal charges for allegedly funneling money to foreign uh, foreign money into U.S. elections. It says the charges against the men suggest Giuliani's push on Ukraine and President Donald Trump's receptiveness to it had ties to an illegal effort to influence U.S. politics and policy uh, using foreign funds. The indictment involves two people central to the impeachment inquiry in the House. We were debating whether or not this is a Trump around story or a whistleblower story. Um, This is related to what the whistleblower was blowing the whistle on, but not necessarily the actual whistleblower complaint. Does that make sense? Let me get this straight. Are we playing the whistleblower song or are we playing? We're going to play the Trump around song. Got it. That's all I wanted to know. (laughs) So then. Hold on. Hold on. Wait for it. There we go. Okay. Do we think that Rudy Giuliani is going to be arrested at any point? Because I know that sometimes, well, a lot of times when these... Rudy Giuliani should be arrested. Well, Rudy Giuliani, yeah. I mean, I say that every morning when I wake up and then when I put product in my hair. But a lot of times the associates are the ones going down and being Mm -hmm. held accountable before the top dog is. So I'm, I'm actually surprised this is happening this fast. But I would imagine eventually they would get to they so, climb up the ladder to Giuliani. I'm no conspiracy theorist. <gasps> However, this is odd to me. This is tree people. I'm with you. Because this had to go through the Justice Department, which has been shielding the president from so much. Mm-hmm. And Bill Barr was coordinating with Rudy Giuliani on these things through what was said in the transcripts and that we know that Bill Barr knew about these things along with uh, the Secretary of State, Pompeo. So it's like, it's odd to me that this is happening right now. I don't, right. I, I don't know that I think like, oh, it's some, you know, some harebrained scheme, but it is weird to me. Well, then these people are scapegoats is what you're saying? I I don't know. There's just something about it that tastes funny, if you will. Mm. Um, It's just kind of weird to me. Tastes like a fig date. uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like a fig date. (laughs) Like that Trader Joe's fig date. Oh, I was like, like, a date with a fig? You're like, I'm trying to yes and you, and I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) I'm working with you here, I promise. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's just something's a little bit weird about this to me because uh, because the Department of Justice has done so much to protect the president, because we know that Rudy Giuliani's been, you know, kind of coordinating with them on Ukraine things, it almost seems like 
to me, I'm, I, it makes me second guess everything because I second guess everything out of this this administration. It makes me think like, were these people that could be potential witnesses that you guys want to keep away? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's just weird to me. There's right. something about it that doesn't taste right. Or is it just them sitting in a meeting going, "Okay, someone's got to get arrested." So who are we gonna pick? Uh, why don't we pick Igor Fruman? Yeah. Why don't we pick Lev Parnas? The other thing that's important here is like these are two of four people. So it says overall four men were indicted Thursday on two counts of conspiracy, one count of false statements uh, to the Federal Election Commission and one count of falsification of records. The four are alleged in the indictment unsealed by the New York federal prosecutors um, to have conducted the federal the scheme um, beginning in March of 2018 to evade campaign finance laws. So it's there's something weird about this to me. Um, but it, you know, it's obviously not a good look for the president. No, um, no, I don't think a lot of things have been a good look for him in a long time. I'm trying to remember what the last good look for him was. Cricket. I think being born. Yeah, I mean, maybe. That was like his only clean slate. Like, is that a silver spoon in his mouth? Oh, is that? That's so tiny. Oh, oh how cute. How special. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, Allie and Jarrett here with you on this lovely Thursday. And we still have Gay Gay Cray Cray later in the show. We will hear from Dr. Drew. He's giving his coming out story to us. Huh? Dr. Chris? Dr. Chris. Oh Oh my God, you know why I'm thinking of... Okay, I can't give it away. Oh, do you have a... Are you hiding something? No, no, no. (sighs) Did you watch The Masked Singer? No, is he on it? All right, I'm not going to say anything. All right. Oh my gosh, on. what a giveaway. I'm Allie. not going to give anything away. You exactly. My life. <laughs> it's oh! subconscious. Okay. It ruins everything. No. Did you watch it? I haven't even started it yet. Uh, okay. All right. You're getting very upset. Oh! All right. <laughs> what else can I make sense? Okay, with? you went to the bell. <laughs> now I'm mad. How dare you? Uh. We're all rooting for you. How dare you? Dr. Chris will be telling us his coming out story. Dr. Drew's coming out story would be equally entertaining, I, I would say. I have never yelled at a girl like this in my life. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, I Lord. love Tyra Banks. There's nothing. There's nothing I'm spoiling. Nothing. I, I tell you, nothing. So this whole Ellen DeGeneres story, uh, yeah, later in the show we've got Dr. Chris, we've got a lot more. But right now I wanted to talk about this whole Ellen DeGeneres G- Bush thing because they were seen at a Dallas Cowboys game sitting next to each other. We talked about this earlier in the week, I believe Monday or Tuesday. People were up in arms going, oh, how can George W. Bush and Ellen DeGeneres be sitting next to each other? I was more flabbergasted by the fact that, uh, that she didn't give him a $10,000 Shutterfly gift card. I mean, that's really what this is about. When you're sitting next to Ellen DeGeneres, that's all you can expect from her. At least $10,000. At least. She gave away $100,000 the other day. Like, I just wear Shutterfly. Yeah, where the hell are you? I don't have so much money. Like, no one's using Shutterfly. I don't know. You can get, like, 70,000 pictures for a dollar. For 62 cents. So then why? And it's in a printed book. I don't understand how they have all this money. (laughs) I I just don't get it. That's a conspiracy we need to look into. (laughs) 
That is the tree people, I will say. Exactly. So apparently this has gotten, this story is continues through the week and I, I'm very, continue to be more confused by it because now what I'm reading is Reese Witherspoon and Kristen Bell, Susan Sarandon and Mark Ruffalo at odds over Ellen DeGeneres' plea for civility. Jesus. Wow. This is, I mean, where have we come to at this point where Reese, Kristen, Susan and Mark are at odds with one another over this? This is unbelievable. Uh, there are a lot of differing opinions because Ellen came out and said, hey, you know what? I have a lot of different... Uh, I'm friends with George W. Bush. I'm very different than he is. We have very different beliefs. Last time I checked, that was okay. So that's yeah. kind of what she said. But now people are at odds over whether or not they should be supporting her or not. Reese Witherspoon said that she supported Ellen DeGeneres, but then later she deleted the tweet, and now people are calling her out. So it's getting all very confusing. And at this point, I'm just going, why do we care this much? So I'm a person who is mad about plenty of things. I don't care about this. (laughs) Like I'm, not, I mean, not in a, I don't care about talking about this way. I mean, like I don't care this that Ellen DeGeneres was sitting as, next to George right. W. Bush. I don't care. Like we're not mad when Michelle Obama sitting next to George W. Bush at every state funeral or state event. Like I, I don't think that Ellen DeGeneres is like making out with George W. Bush or like approving of all the crap that he did. Like. What Ellen would you DeGeneres say about that, Reese a, Witherspoon? Ellen DeGeneres mm-hmm. is such a loud, outspoken advocate for LGBTQ issues. The idea that she sat next to George W. Bush at a football game, which, from the reporting that I've heard, they weren't there together. No, they, they were, were in seated a VIP together. Booth, and they got sat next to each other. Right. And people were up in arms about it. I feel like people need to calm down. Not to quote Taylor Smith, Taylor Swift, but like it, it annoys me because I feel like people just want to be angry about stuff, and this is such a stupid. Stupid ass story. Well, there are plenty other things to be upset about that are more important. Definitely, exactly. I think some people are mad at Ellen anyway because they're they feel like she used to be more of an advocate than she are, is now, and oh, she's just so money hungry now, and all she cares about is Shutterfly gift cards. That. Th- thread I can kind of get down with but to be this upset and then be upset at the people that are supporting her is also ridiculous. Even criticizing someone's advocacy like I don't think if you unless you're an advocate and you're out on the front lines in front of a lot of people you don't know how exhausting that is. Oh no. And to even just like take a a back seat for a minute like for your own I just don't I'm not the least bit upset with Ellen DeGeneres over this. I don't care. Yeah. We'll be back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. I love that song. Oh, the Sam Smith song? The Sam Smith song. Um, I use the Calm app for meditation and like every now and then use it at night. And it's like... Well, they have a sleep mix of this song and it'll play for an hour and it's like... <laughs> what a good way to get people to love your song yeah. as they're going to sleep and then you wake up in the morning and you're like, how do you sleep when you lie to me? And you're like, oh God, that it's moment, in me. Yeah, that moment that you realize uh, there's a pianissimo version of a pop song playing, it's a really fun moment. Yeah, I've had that moment in a massage before so good. when I was on an alt rock station and I, I was like, am I listening to X's and O's piano version? Like it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what is happening? I love that Dee song. Doo, 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 Yes, you have. Excels at a the home. We play that here. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, L King. L that King. Commercial that we Rob Schneider's daughter. 
Yeah. I met Rob Schneider right before that song came out, and he was like, my daughter's an alternative uh, a singer. She's going to be a big deal. And we were like, yeah, right. And then X's and O's nice. came out, and it was huge. All right. Now, I digress. It is time for Gay Gay Cray Cray. point in the show we do it every thursday where i will present a story about a couple doing something a little unconventional Jarrett will have to guess based on the details without gender pronouns if this this couple is gay gay or just cray cray i'm giving you two options here would you rather hear about a louisiana couple who was arrested for stealing lots of timber okay or would you (laughs) lesbian would you like to hear about a couple thank you who got married at an <laughs> Extinction Rebellion rally? Um, Extinction Rebellion. They got married at a climate change rally. Oh, lesbians. Okay. Yeah, let's do that one. <laughs> okay. So, in the midst of the Extinction Rebellion protest that took place earlier this week in London... This is one of many, many climate change protests and rallies that have been going on. A couple decided, hey, we are in love... We're together. We want to be married. We also love the environment and we love protesting. So why don't we merge the two together and find ourselves in wedded bliss at said rally? Do they mention anything about we're here, we're queer, get used to it? I don't see that anywhere in the article, but it doesn't make it doesn't necessarily mean they're not gay gay. Okay, just making sure. In the midst of the Extinction Rebellion protest on Monday, October 7th on Westminster Bridge in London, which blocked transport links citywide, so they're holding up traffic for this, a couple decided to hold a wedding ceremony. The activists, who had gathered in aid of spurring climate change action, took a break from their protest to celebrate the marriage of fellow environmental campaigners this couple, who shall remain nameless at the moment. This just sounds so lesbo to me. The uh, the apparently the couple is well known in the activist community when it comes to climate change because everyone knew them. They had they exchanged vows. They kissed in this unique wedding ceremony. In a video clip, the officiant spoke to the crowd as though they were family friends, saying, "We are here to witness, to celebrate, and to affirm the commitment to the love made by blank and blank at this time in their marriage." Many people and organizations reached out to extend well wishes to them. They said they are so happy to witness their friend and longtime comrades getting married on this special day. This sounds like two lesbians I got married in suits. <laughs> like one's name is Sam. Or just like a nice breathable coat. <laughs> You know, that had uh, some uh, nice round hat that had shade. Because when you're protesting, there's a certain outfit I will tell you, wear. there is not a single line of this story that doesn't make me think these are lesbians. <laughs> Everything about this says lesbians. So. Uh, also, the London Assembly sending the couple massive congratulations even sounds gay. So, do you think they're gay, gay, or cray-cray based on the information? I think this is a straight couple. <laughs> no. No, I think these are lesbians all, all day long. The- they are lesbians <laughs> forwards and backwards. They are lesbians <laughs> who wore suits in first grade. They are lesbians who met and moved in the next day. They are U-Haul and lesbians. Okay, so you are going all in on the lesbian front. They are. I mean, every lesbian pun I can think of, I want to play right now. I want to save the environment, but first, I love you, Terry. (laughs) 
and I want to profess my love to you. Their short haircut and their uh, their adopted like children and, and like like heaps of sunscreen. They're old Subaru <laughs> that they just were that that Subaru Outback that they refuse to get rid of. They are real lesbians. Yeah, that they're like crunchy. You can smell them from here. Can't the L you? word wasn't gay enough for them. You know what no, I mean? No, they have a lot of thoughts about Bettina <laughs> and how they killed off Dana. I just I yeah these are these are all right. So you're going gay gay. We're gonna find out in a moment. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> so what you say? I love that it just goes on and then you don't hear off mic him go, sorry. Well, usually we do News That Are Losing right here. But we, we have to, are not. But I see what you did there. We're giving okay. you the... Ex- you want to hit the Britney? Yes. Okay. We're giving you the exciting conclusion of Gay Gay Cray Cray because we have built it up enough. This is a couple that got married at an Extinction Rebellion protest. So a climate change rally slash protest. They decided we love each other. This is where we want to get married and show our love. Jarrett, you said with 100% certainty that this couple is as gay as it gets, right? I tell you, these women have the same haircut. They look like they could be related. <laughs> they have been driving the same Subaru for 14 years they and have, they refuse to get rid of it. That's true. It's reliable, Jared. They you, have can't a, give the, you can't They have a son who is ambiguously gay but isn't really gay. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. All that. They have those khaki pants that like zip into shorts. Ex- okay, <laughs> so <laughs> you said gay gay and you are 100% correct. Oh my God, really? <laughs> they are gay men. Are, uh, they're gay men. No, uh, Melissa and Tamson. Tamson. Tamson Osmond, who is non-binary, who's non-binary, but they are a queer couple, and they uh, they said their vows in front of thousands at a climate change rally in London. Congratulations and good wishes from the bottom of our hearts. I I've, I feel like I could I want to meet these two. I mean, so I do feel I. Like we know everything about them by knowing nothing. About I think them. we should draw pictures of them and then bring them in and see how. And see how accurate we are. <laughs> yeah, All right, news that are Here we go. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. I have five headlines in front of me. Jarrett Hill has a bell in front of him, so that means it's News It or Lose It headline selection. Headline number one, death by goodwill is a hell of a way to go. Uh, lose it. You're not getting a five for five today. Uh Aha, you've upped the stakes. (laughs) Headline number two, nightmare news, a fish with the head of a snake has been discovered in Georgia. That sounds like everything my nightmares are made of. (laughs) Please lose it. Okay. Headline number three, a bride heartbroken when peacock wedding cake she ordered looks like a lopsided turkey with leprosy. Okay. Not with leprosy. With leprosy. Headline number four, Ed Sheeran thinks Prince Harry wanted to team up for a Ginger's Unite protest. Then things got awkward. Okay. And then Just for Ginger Justin to feel seen. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, I think you missed this protest or this uh, project. It's over. Uh, okay. And then finally, headline number five: Clay Aiken reveals why he supports Joe Biden. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. Just, it's funny that one ding is not a, is not a yes anymore, but it's like yeah. Yeah, fine. and just for your own visual, he was dinging while he was his eyes were rolling. Oh God, all the way <laughs> to the back of my head. I was hoping he would get stuck that way. Okay, so a wedding cake about a uh, that looked like a lopsided turkey with leprosy. Ed Sheeran and Prince Harry teaming up for a Ginger's Unite project that didn't exist. And Clay Aiken, what does he think about Joe Biden? All of that is next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q.
Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. All right. For the second time in less than an hour and a half, Justin has fooled me into thinking we were on the air again. <laughs> He's playing pranks. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Just silence and then sorry. All right, Allie, you have you got three out of five today. A really disappointing. Show. Yeah, well, you know I what? I'm doing this for the sake of time. I know we've got a lot to do today. So we're going to start with this bride who was heartbroken when uh, the peacock wedding cake that she ordered ended up looking like, quote, a lopsided turkey with leprosy. These are her words, not mine. Though when I look at the picture of the actual cake, it does look exactly like a lopsided turkey <laughs> with leprosy. So this is gay gay or cray cray? Okay. Uh, in the case of this person, they... Uh, they we said oh. she already, so no, there's a yeah, woman Yeah, all right, involved. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, we'll see We'll see if I can so figure she, out what her partner is. She decided to book, uh, to book this baker and ask them to create a wedding cake that featured two peacocks, a heart-shaped sponge cake, and chocolate cum- cupcakes coming down the cake. So I'll explain. There are two tiers to the cake. On the very top, there is a blue peacock two of mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and then you know how peacocks have that kind of circular plumage that mm-hmm. kind of goes down so the plumage comes down the cake decorates down the cake and then once it gets past the cake onto the actual table it it fans out into actual cupcakes oh that sounds gorgeous it really i mean i'll show you the picture of what it was supposed to look like it looks really beautiful oh that's really cool we'll tweet out the photo we'll tweet yeah. out the link to this yeah. i mean to find that and be like that's what i want your heart is set on that yeah and she was so adamant about it that she found this baker booked them for it and then paid them 300 dollars a month for like several months before oh, no. she was able to like she couldn't pay for it all at once yeah. they they said that everything was going to a plan she kept checking in with them and then when she got the actual cake delivered on her wedding day this is what it looked like oh I and would be ready was, to whoop some ass <laughs> so it's two very sad looking tears like this looks like a Pinterest fail or that that show um, that's nailed on it. Ne- yeah nailed it on this Netflix looks like th- I'm as angry about about this as I am about the woman throwing the diva cup. <laughs> this is this outrageous. This angry? is diva cup angry. We're gonna tweet out the the photos of this because this is outrageous. It looks like it was the the plumage was like drawn onto the cake in sharpie. Oh my god, like, that it is, is awful. so sad. So we will tweet that out for your reference. If you are uh, fi- finding a baker for your wedding, definitely get an idea of the things they've made in the past before you start paying them three hundred dollars a month. Absolutely. But we've got more ginger news, and we've also got a lovely story about Clay Aiken. Wow, it doesn't get much better than that you're not going to want to go anywhere drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel q drop the subject the new channel q Allie, we are back in the middle of your only three news stories. Okay. Um, but no shade thrown. There's some awkward Ed Sheeran is happening. You've got you've got a couple more stories. Yes. Well, I uh, just wanted One more to, story. Uh, just wanted two more stories. Just wanted to quickly say that the peacock story that we just covered yes. about the cake has been tweeted out 
I highly recommend you check it out at DTS Show because you can see the difference between the real cake that was supposed to arrive at this bride's wedding ceremony and the cake that actually arrived. And I also didn't read the tidbit that you you read upon posting it, which was that the head of it fell off as the baker drove away. Yes, and then they had to get a supermarket cake <laughs> to have wedding. for the wedding. Uh, so it's on Twitter and on Instagram. You can go see the photos. Ah, uh, great. Okay, now let's move on to Ginger News. Now Ed Sheeran and Prince Harry, both ginger. They have that in common. And they uh, were scheduled to meet to work on a project together. And Ed Sheeran got all ready for it. He got all gussied up. There's an Instagram video of him. I don't know if you follow Sussex Sussex Royal on Instagram. I do. You do? Mm Mm-hmm. You do? Are you being facetious? No, I really do. Okay, so this is they started on that one after the after the wedding or something like that. I think so. I, I saw it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can check that out. I think it's on IGTV right now. But it's uh, it's basically Ed Sheeran is getting his ginger beard trimmed, and Ginger Justin. I'm sure this is very relevant to you, very relatable. He is a ginger with a beard, so you have to get your beard trimmed. So this is very in your in your lane. Do you want to deliver the rest of the story, or you feel good with me doing it? Am I doing it justice? I'll jump in. Okay. Jump in if I'm being led astray. Okay. So he gets all ready. He says he's very excited to meet Prince Harry. He's always idolized him. La, 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 la. He sh- I, I, have, I do have to interrupt here and say I'm shocked to see that this happens during Ed Sheeran getting groomed because Ed Sheeran never looks groomed. No, he doesn't. Like, the idea that someone is grooming him to look like that, it's kind of like Bernie Sanders getting groomed to look like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, come on. Like they clip, they do like one snip and then they just tossle it. Exactly. Like someone's doing that to you. It didn't <laughs> That's just his happen. Look. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So then he shows up. Go ahead, Justin. This for me is is is, is, a, is, a, is a subject. This is them talking about it. Not talked about enough. I think people all over the world are really suffering. Well, I, I, I've actually been trying to write a song about this actually to get it out to what? more people. Well, I was about to say because like someone with your skill set to be able to write lyrics and of a song to to raise awareness, I think would be amazing. Yeah, I, I mean that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I just people just don't understand what it's like for people like us. Yeah, I mean what. Well, you know, like with the jokes yeah. and the snide comments, and you know, I just feel like it's time that we stood up and said, you know, we're, we're not going to take this anymore. We are ginger, and we're going to fight. Um, okay, um, slightly awkward. Um, this might be a miscommunication, but this this is about World Mental Health Day. So. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, yeah, course, he thought that he was arriving at Prince Harry's house so that they could unite and stand up and do a ginger project. So I, as we were recording this audio to be able to play it on the show, I was trying to figure out, like, is this a bit or is this real? And then as I'm watching the video on Instagram, I'm like, I still can't tell if this is a bit or if this is real, which means it's either a great bit or it's really awkward. Well, I think the fact that he's getting a haircut already is obvious that it's a bit. Well, that's certainly a bit. So, there we go. no one's buying that. But uh, Ginger's Unite uh, should actually happen. So, even if this is a joke, Ginger Justin, I think you should lead the way. I think we should actually do this. Why don't we approach Ed Sheeran about really writing a song about Ginger's Unite? I'm leading the way on this? Yeah. I. You know what? I can just text him. I'll text Ed, see if he's available. Okay. Um, I'm realizing that this is a bit because at the end you see him deleting Ginger's Unite off the top of his. Yeah, he already has a song. It feels like a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't get Ginger humor. I I clearly don't. Um, Other gingers get it. If you have a soul, you're not going to get it. I also don't get Ginger snaps, but those cookies are just weird. (laughs) That's a whole separate. That's a whole other conversation. Um, All right. Yeah. I that that's a funny video though. Like it's a solid video. I feel really uncomfortable watching. (laughs) 
so they did good work. Uh, especially because the royals don't really joke. Yeah. So I think doing like a bit with them will always work because right. you're like, they're not never in on anything, are yeah. they? Okay, so let's talk about Clay Aiken and his views on Joe Biden. Apparently, he is very passionate and is openly endorsing Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. He is uh, he he has this long post that he makes, or I guess he wrote an article on CNN, and uh, he goes into the details of his history. And in 2008, you know, he came out as gay and the entire thing, blah, blah, blah. Then he talks about Joe Biden and how there is no other candidate that has been more of uh he said there's there's no one in the field who has done more with results to show for it to advance the rights and welfare of lgbtq people and everyday americans than joe biden he has a progressive vision to build on that success so he's like while i'm all about you know there being the first openly gay guy running for president and Buttigieg is great i believe that joe biden is the guy who has done this i will remind and remind people that if any there's anyone out there wondering like why do we care what clay aiken thinks about politics Clay Aiken actually ran for Congress in 2014 in North Carolina uh, in their second congressional district, and he did not win, but like he did enter himself into the political arena uh, a number of years ago. So um, him having a political opinion is still kind of like, girl, what are you talking about? But I mean, sure, Joe Biden, people like him, but I just don't think he's going to be the guy. Well, um, I am more baffled than anything by the recent picture of Clay Aiken that uh-uh. corresponds with this article. Because every time I look, I'm like, who is it? Like, I feel like he's just all of a sudden being encased in plastic. Like, he looks fake. Does he his... look like he's had more and more work done? Oh, my God. He kind of looks like Ellen. Oh, yeah. He he kind of has that um, Michael Jackson, like, the face is a little bit different every yeah, time. Yeah, like, where situation. if you poke it, it's just going to crack open. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. Or it's hard. Yeah, you know yeah. or I mean? you're like, like ow, yeah, yeah. ow, God, Clay, your face. Ugh. All right, more Drop the Subject is on the way. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. So... Last night, I did Love Line with Dr. Chris, and uh, I do it every Wednesday evening. And so we thought that would be a great opportunity to get Dr. Chris's coming out story. Yeah. We've been sharing coming out stories all week long, talking with uh, myself. Uh, my, me and Allie did it on Monday and Tuesday. Um, Ryan Mitchell was yesterday. Ryan Mitchell was yesterday. And then today, we have Dr. Chris. And uh, this is that interview. Yep. I am sitting here with Dr. Chris Donahue, who you may know from a little show called Loveline here on Channel Q. Thank you for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. So I'm really excited to chat with you. All week long, Allie and I have been talking with folks about their coming out stories. Obviously, Friday is National Coming Out Day, and we've gotten a range of different kinds of stories. So I'm curious... What was your coming out experience? Like, what led up to it and how did it happen? Yeah, it's so bizarre. So, I, you know, I was in high school and I went to a private Catholic school, but all my friends were the public school kids. Mm. Ooh, the public school kids. (laughs) And they were just these really free thinking, authentic, radical people. And they really normalized for me sexual and, and looking back now, also gender diversity, right? So, when I was in high school, I was running with a crowd that was really comfortable with a lot of diverse sexual expression. Mm. So socializing with them gave me a little bit of a needed foundation to not have my own internal exploration of who I am sexually to be as maybe traumatic as some other people's. But this is in Philadelphia. This is in Philadelphia. Okay. So throughout high school, you know, I was dating guys and girls and it was really fascinating where I remember, I'll never forget this. My one girlfriend, um, <clears throat> the first time I met out with a boy, I, I guess I was looking at him a certain way. She's like, go ahead and make out with him. 
And, and there I am making out with her best friend and her. So wow. cut to, I go up to New York to go to NYU. And I thought, you know, I really have a close relationship with my parents and my family. And this is going to be my first uh, coming out, I guess, to that component of my life. Because socially, I just naturally was able to come out very smoothly, right? Because okay. um, I also had back then a lot of trans friends, but we didn't have the, the word trans back then. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what we called them. So again, I was immersed in all that, and that was a really great foundation. So there I am at NYU, and I'm taking this like religious studies class or something, and we're studying some work by like St. Thomas Aquinas. Oh. It's so strange. Okay. And it has this bizarre quote about differences and normalization. So here I am. I, I'm writing this letter to my parents and, and I'm coming out, da da da, and I send it to them and I'm anxiously waiting for a phone call upon getting the letter. So days go by and my dad calls me. My dad is such a sweet soul. And he says, Oh, so Chris, we, me, mom got the letter you sent. And in my mind, I'm like, Okay. And he's like, We're a little confused because in my head, the letter was very clear. But it turns out in the letter, I actually didn't say anything clear. I didn't make oh, a profound no. statement. It was just this rambling about I live a diverse life and diversity is health and I'll never and they were just kind of like basically like what what were you trying to tell us so what I thought was going to be my easiest version of coming out by sending off a letter letting them digest it I had to like do it on the phone and you know it was really interesting is it was very confusing to me at the time as well because I'd just been dating guys and girls and even while in New York I was still dating some girls and guys and so I was very unclear as to what my identity was but I was kind of just telling them you know I've been dating some men and I'm not sure if gay is the right term for me and my dad had the most beautiful response he said to me you know Chris college is a really Really powerful important time for exploration mm. and find yourself my mom's response not so much she said i don't believe it and if i did i'd be supportive but because i don't think it's true i'm not really uh yeah it was really hard for her i, I dated so many women that i think for her it was very abrupt so how did you were identifying as bisexual back then yeah, I think that was a term that really best applied. Um, and, you know, what's really interesting is, again, my, my sexual journey is ongoing. And, and I really advocate for my clients to to kind of keep it a little loose and always explore because, you know, throughout my adult life, it's, it's skewed very gay at times mm-hmm. where it's very uh, same sex and gendered. And then as I was dating and having sex with some people that were more trans identified, um, it really woke me up to the idea that there's more of a fluidity to it for me. Sure. So the way I identify now is sexually fluid or queer. Okay. Queer is a non-normative. Um, the gay identity doesn't really fit who I am politically or socially. Okay. So for me, it's a little bit broader than that. But um, I continue to constantly feel like I'm coming out because of the, the creativity and diversity within my sexuality. So all of us uh, have t- we've we've shared our coming out stories from myself, Ali, uh, Ryan was on the show. So we've shared so many different stories this week um, as we're as we're coming into National Coming Out Day. Um, but a lot of us had something with our moms. So it's interesting. Mm. Like myself and Ali, both like our moms are part of our coming out stories Ryan's was as well I'm curious how did you bring your mom along or has she come along like yeah. since, you, since that conversation she finally did come along I, I honestly think for her I had to force her to repeatedly encounter me mm. with men okay. to really buy into the fact that that was something that was true for me because she wasn't believing it correct she, yeah. she had seen me date so many women and I was everyone's favorite junior and senior prom date that she just she hadn't seen it so mm-hmm. for her it just wasn't real and it was really important to me to you know and I offer this to everyone else as well that coming out's not a one time process I had to keep bringing up the topic I had to keep bringing people home I had to make her go through process just like I had to where some people come out they say it once and then they kind of go back in mm. but 
I had to keep forcing it in front of her. Every time I talked to her, I made sure I referenced people I was dating. I made sure if she was in New York visiting that she met them. Mm. And she started to see not that it was not just that it was true, but I think she needed to see that it could exist in a healthy way because she had that old school mentality that, you know, if you're gay, you're going to get AIDS. Yeah. And if you're gay, you're going to set yourself up for a lifetime of loneliness and deprivation. And she had to see that like same sex relationships had the capacity to be long term and sustainable and loving. And um, she she wound up accepting it. And now she's quite an advocate and an ally for it all. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I always say like I had to drag my mom along because um, my mom felt like she didn't understand why I was gay. And she was like, well, what did I do? And it's because me and your dad divorced. And I was like, well, you guys divorced when I was nine and I liked the boy when I was six. So that math doesn't even work. <laughs> that, does, that doesn't even work with the calendar. Um, but I, I think parents have a have very interesting reactions to this. Right. I wrote my mom a letter as well. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Three pages, which I've not seen since 2005 when I put it on her door and she just sent it back to me like she sent me photos of it so like do you relate to it in looking at it now um I was way more decided and clear than huh. I than I remember being wow. at 19, Good but it was very like I, I remember saying to her like if I, whether or not I came out to you, whether or not I made you know any other choice, like I would still be gay, yeah. even if I had a, a wife and children and a whole other life, like. I would still be gay. And celebrate it because there's actually some strengths and benefits that heterosexuality doesn't have that gayness does have. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So thank you, Dr. Chris. I appreciate you. you telling your story. Wow, that was wonderful to witness. Yeah, yeah. He had a really interesting story. I, I didn't know I, you both wrote letters. Yeah, we both wrote letters. What the hell am I doing? I was just writing poems and giving them to no one. <laughs> I've, it's funny because I'm realizing like throughout my life, whenever I have something really difficult to say, I tend to write a letter because I feel like I can say it exactly how I mean it without being interrupted, without a question or like changing direction or a tangent or something. I guess it didn't work for Dr. Chris because he said a didn't. whole lot of nothing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I was like... I just want to was... get this out and they were like, get what out? Right. I don't even know what you're saying. No, I was like, that was a very Chris way for you to send a letter. <laughs> uh, so we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Allie's <gasps> got another tale Ooh, from the Millennial Crypt. Don't go anywhere. Boo! Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. It's now... Time for us to get a little dark and ghouly. Oh, yes. Well, it's been a spooktacular month so far, Jared. <laughs> but it can get a little better by sharing you scary stories in our news segment, Tales from the Millennial Crib. Hey, guys. The- welcome to my channel. <laughs> I love the idea of this because, like, the things that we're afraid of are so ridiculous to other people Are sometimes. so different. Like Instagram being down. Oh my god. Oh, it's terrifying. The horror. All right. Our story begins in the deep depths of the internet. You click. Oh, climate change. You click again. Oh, another recession. Click Instagram. Oh, it's pictures of an ice cream museum. You've got to get away. You run. You run far into the woods. You've got to clear your head. Alone at last. Silence. The sun begins to set. Then, a sound. A slow crunching of leaves coming behind you. What is it? You turn, and in your horror you see a group of millennials. They're walking through the woods silently. Not looking at you. Not speaking a word Mm. to one another. Are they zombies? Is it the walking dead? No! It's worse! They're on a silent retreat. Oh my god. They have noise-canceling headphones. Oh. Enabled with Bluetooth. Playing piano compositions. 
That's right, millennials are so stressed out they are paying for silence. They spend hundreds, no, thousands, on silent retreats, unplugging rituals, even the dreaded sound bath. Tickets to sound meditations, they sell out within hours. They were there to get away, just like you, trying to get away from the notifications, the alerts, and the heart emojis, only to find themselves swallowed up by the very problem they intended to solve. Silence? Sound. (laughs) I don't know, I I rushed the writing on the end of that. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, Allie and Jarrett here with you on Drop the Subject. The show continues. We still have lots to look forward to. I wanted to talk about this. I know you told me on Monday that you had watched this incredible 60 Minutes about this guy, Sam Little. And it was true crime related, so I was like, like, please let me watch this as soon as possible. (laughs) And I have since had a chance to watch it and then do some reading to follow up on exactly what the details are of this. And if you haven't heard of this guy, Sam Little, this story is wild. It's wild. So what happened just this week, as is detailed in the 60 Minutes uh, segment, is that Sam Little, who he's currently serving three consecutive life terms for killing three women by the name of Carol Alford, Audrey Nelson, and 46-year-old Guadalupe uh, Apodaca. And he, we know that he's a murderer, he's a convicted murderer, but I think what happened was that there was some kind of a, oh, we won't give you the death penalty, we'll just give you life in prison if you tell us about some of your other murders. And he was like, well, let me tell you, I've actually killed 93 people. We should also say Sam Little is 79 years old. He looks like a grandfather. He's an older black man uh, with a gray beard, very short hair. He looks like a sweet old man. Yeah, exactly. And he talks like a sweet old man. He does. And he's been convicted of eight different murders. Um, He's been linked to 61 killings and has claimed at least 93 murders. And if that's true, if they are able to corroborate all three, not all 93 of those murders, he would be the most prolific serial killer in all of U.S. history. It would be more than Ted Bundy. It'd be more than Dahmer. It'd be more than anybody else. I think even H.H. Holmes. They, which they, what they did with this story on 60 Minutes, and you can see it on CBSNews.com. Um, I, they did such a great piece of journalism here because they answered every question as I was asking it. Of yeah, you're myself. like, but what about? And they're like, we yeah, thought of that. Exactly. So um, I, I, we want to play the introduction because she does a great job of, of like setting this up. Oh, yeah, I'm in. There we go. Ounce, <laughs> ounce, ounce. Make it the baby. It's actually a rave. Exactly. <laughs> um, the the journalist here uh, that sets up this story um, uh, is Sharon Alfonsi over at, uh, NBC, at CBS News, and she does 60 Minutes. And basically she's saying that Tonight, you're going to hear about the man the FBI is now calling the most prolific serial killer in the history of the United States. Mm -hmm. His name is Samuel Little, and over the last year and a half, he has confessed to 93 murders. That's more than were committed by Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer combined. No one would have known the scale of Little's crimes if not for a Texas Ranger who had a hunch. Little had never confessed to anyone about anything. But over the course of 700 hours of interviews, Ranger James Holland coaxed the 79-year-old into revealing his life's work. So, yeah, what's interesting is that 
you think you read that story and you and you hear her saying those words, 93 victims, and you think how, I mean, this was over the course of 50 years yeah. that he was doing this and that he was active. And you think, how could he possibly have flown under the radar where it was, be, it was because he was targeting victims that were quote unquote undesirables, people who were sex workers, people who were drug addicts, people who were homeless. I mean, all women, most of them African-American women, and they are, a lot of their deaths were ruled as accidental dental or just chalked up to be overdoses. They were not investigated. So when I heard this, I was like, oh, well, I bet there's a lot of unsolved and cold cases that are going to come out of this. And I'm sure there will be some, but not nearly as many as they should be because people weren't investigating these cases to begin with. Yeah, no. His What's amazing about his story and one of the questions that they answered for me as I was asking, it was like, how do they know that this guy actually did all these murders as opposed to he's just like coming up with this stuff? And the, the, um, the law enforcement officer that like was asking all these questions um, said that he'd been asking all of these detailed questions and he'd been giving a lot of really detailed accounts. Well, because they that, that, the, that they ended up going back and corroborating every single thing. They were like, he remembered there was an arch near the fence and like they show the arch in St. Yeah, Louis. That the building needed to be power washed yeah. next door. Like he had he a photographic a crazy memory. memory. Yeah. And he was able to draw pictures of all of the victims, not all of them, but several of the victims. And so you can, it's really eerie. You can see some of these pictures yeah. of the actual victims and he'll be like Anita Black uh, 1984 yeah late in the story she um, talks to him on the phone and he she asked like well why are you doing this now and he was like and uh, they were discussing you know he was like I there are probably people in jail for crimes that I committed and if I can at least you know, get those people out of trouble maybe God will smile on me a little bit yeah but um, now he's saying that now because he's getting life in prison as opposed to the death penalty. Well, like, why I mean, 10 years ago did I mean, you not do this? I mean, 80 years old. I don't think he ha- has a whole lot left. He's I 80 know, years but old it's in like, prison. He why now is he decide? Like, all of a sudden now he's like, I did all this stuff and now I should, people have been sitting in jail for my crimes for the I past 10, 15 years. Now that the floodgates are open, it's like, eh. What do I have to lose? You I know, guess better late than never. We've got more news. We've got more drop the subject coming up. News it or lose it a little bit later. I've got a really estate coming up that yeah. I'm excited about. Uh, more drop the subject coming up. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new channel Q. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Justin's really killing it with the warnings here. I know. We're back. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry. Really keep, sorry. Keep us. I was telling sorry. you. I said forty seconds. Hey, seconds. At least you gave us the it's drop the subject part. Well, you know, this time. Usually it's just in uncomfortable <laughs> silence. Oh, being drowned out by music beds. Podcast people are like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> um, okay, so what I love right now is a game we're getting ready to play and... Um, I, we are. It's called Really Estate. Yes, we've played it before. Yes, it's where we put two things that are next to each other that seemingly should not be a, maybe similar in price, but they are well, because one it's crazy. Of, yes, I know, because the real estate market here is, I mean... I say here, like okay, Los Angeles, it's very expensive. But in the Bay Area, it, this is where that sh- that that uh, game was born because everyone knows that that is one of the worst places to rent or own anything. But of course, across the entire country, everything's being gentrified. All the rent prices are skyrocketing. So we like to yeah share a real real estate listing and then something else that you could have bought with that money, and then you guess which one costs more. So I have taken it upon myself. I've found this story. I'm excited because um, you told me you have a real estate I saw, today. I saw this thing that was for sale and I was like, holy crap. 
and I thought this would make a really good real estate. So what we're going to do is I'm going to explain this, and then in the commercial break, I'm going to tweet out the photos of the two opposing things, um, and then we'll come back with with what the actual answer is. Okay. Does it say the prices in the in the things though? I am a very well educated man. Okay, Allie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to question you. I don't know if very well educated is true, but okay. at least arguably smart. <laughs> certain days. I Real, think you well, should well, add okay. that to your business card. Arguably, arguably smart. Arguably smart on That's some great. days. That can really that was a real walk back, I wasn't like it? it. Okay, so <laughs> what do we have? All right, up first, I, I kind of casually asked you in the commercial break if you'd seen uh, Nirvana's uh, Unplugged. Yep. And you were like, yeah, why is he asking me that? Because something from that is up for sale. So, uh, Kurt Cobain is wearing a fuzzy olive green cardigan in that um, oh. in that special. Yeah. I'm going to tweet out the photo of this uh, in the commercial break as well. So, this is it. Yes, I totally remember that cardigan. Okay. Because so, I was like, that's a lady's cardigan. Well, it's funny because they say like it looks like it's something straight out of a thrift store. Uh, it says, it was November 18th, 1993, and Nirvana was in New York to tape what would become one of the most historic acoustic sets ever captured on film for MTV Unplugged. <laughs> By that time, the American grunge band was on its way to becoming the biggest music act of the decade. Though it sure did not look like it. Yeah. Because of that sweater. So he has on this like really ratty sweater. Um, it's one of those things that so, it, it's fuzzy, but it's also old. So it yeah. seems like it's about to self-destruct. Like it looks like it's mothball ridden I mean, as he's wearing it. It looks like it probably stinks.com. Like, yeah, like as soon as he rubs up against somebody, pieces of the sweater are coming off onto your shoulder. They say Cobain appeared in his now famous cardigan, which he paired with a white tee and baggy jeans. It perfectly captured the artist's anti-establishment, I don't give an S word about what I'm wearing attitude. Um, more than anything prior, um, it says in, in, in the get up. So this is actually going to be auctioned off soon. Oh, the and actual sweater. The actual cardigan okay. is going to be up for sale. Oh, Lord, that thing probably stinks. It probably smells awful. However, I looked up the city that you're going to be going to over the weekend. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be leaving town this weekend. I'm going to Duluth, Minnesota. I've never been to Minnesota, and I definitely have never been to Duluth, Minnesota. I'm going to show you some options um, of what you could buy in Duluth. <gasps> oh! And you have to tell me which one is more expensive. So okay. this is the, the piece of land. Again, we're going to tweet out these photos in just a moment. But this sits on two acres. That is a giant farmhouse. <laughs> it is a giant red farmhouse with a, a pat. Oh, my God. There's drone footage of the yes, land. It's crazy. It's a really big spot there. Okay. So this place is uh, two acres. It's three bedrooms, two baths, plus a finished third floor. Means that mm. there's room for everyone to get comfy. Even the ghosts. The large and airy kitchen dining area includes a separate laundry room with direct access to the backyard. The oh. living room area is huge. <laughs> And if you love a bonfire or you like to toss the occasional ball, you'll enjoy watching nature and the seasons. And then you'll love sitting the setting of this home. I'll enjoy nature and the seasons? The, you'll enjoy na- something we don't have here no, in Los Angeles. We don't. Um unless you're going to Runyon. Anyway, so you could buy this home or, or you could buy Kurt Cobain's old sweater. sweater. Yes. Wow. Okay. Which um, one do you think is more expensive? Oh, this is really tough because usually I would always say the real estate listing is the most expensive, but I would imagine people will pay 
ridiculous amounts of money for this dumbass sweater. Well, I'm going to give you some time to think about it. All right. I need to go over my notes. Yes. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Allie will try and figure out which one costs the most money, this enormous place in Duluth or the sweater. I'm going to tweet out the photos in just a moment. Uh, we'll be right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Justin says we're back. We're back. And so does that lady. She says it too. All right. I've had time to mm-hmm. go over my little footnotes here. You went and did some Googling. I did. Uh, I didn't do too much Googling because I don't want to cheat. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we are in the middle of a real estate. Jarrett presented a very, very tough decision for me to make. Yes. Kurt Cobain's iconic sweater from the MTV Unplugged. It's a a thrift store looking sweater. It's green-ish and it's a very fuzzy, it's mothball-y. vomity green kind of color um, that he wore on their Unplugged on and MTV. That is a 25-year-old sweater. It is. Uh, from someone who's been dead a long time now, but people who are into Kurt Cobain and into Nirvana, they will never let it go. It will be there every year. There will be a trending Twitter hashtag of Kurt Cobain dying. And oh, you know, he didn't commit suicide. So anybody who wants this sweater is going to pay a lot of money for it. Mm -hmm. And I had one question for you. Has this, it's about to go to auction or has it already been sold? It says it could fetch blank when it goes under the hammer. So yeah, it's going up for auction. All right. Or there is a, I'm going to Duluth, Minnesota this weekend for a film festival and it is a place that has some really great real estate Mm -hmm. and you presented to me an entire farmhouse. Let me tell you, this place is 2,400 square feet, three bedrooms, two baths. It sits on two acres oh. it has a finished third floor um and i love that they have to say it's finished it's right they're like listen it's not just an attic okay <laughs> um it's uh, it's just a mile north of the trendy kenwood commons area oh mm-hmm. how fun you'll find that a little bit of country accompanies this one-of-a-kind barn family home Barn family home. Barn hyphen family hyphen home. Oh, I love, you know, when I have a barn family, I love to put them in a barn family Listen, home. You, you know need this. a one of a kind home for that. So uh, I can theoretically go to Duluth this weekend and put a bid on this house. Absolutely. All right. I'm still going to say that the sweater is worth more money. That is my final answer. Any guesses on what these numbers might look like? I'm going to say 250000 for the sweater. Okay. And I'm going to say 207 for the thou house. For the house. Okay. Well, I will tell you this to begin. The house cost $300,000. Oh, man. Damn it. So that's more money than I thought. Inflation. I didn't think of inflation. <laughs> It inflated since the last commercial break. Like, um, the house cost $300,000. That's still, oh man, for two acres of land yeah. and a finished Duluth, third Georgia. floor. And a finished third floor. Georgia? For a, one of a kind. Minnesota. Excuse me, Duluth. Uh, there's a city called Duluth, Georgia. Oh, okay. This is in Duluth, Minnesota. Sorry. Okay. Um, uh, Duluth was near where I lived in Georgia, in Atlanta. The sweater. Do we have like some dramatic music here? We could we do this? maybe some Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music. All right, <clears throat> come on, Justin. The sweater, the price of the sweater. You said you think it was going to cost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and that you thought the house cost two hundred and seven thousand dollars. <laughs> yes. 
the I house? was off by uh, $100,000. Well, at least $93,000. Uh-huh. Um, the house is $300,000. The sweater is expected to take $300,000 at auction. So they're the same. They're the same exact price. Oh my god. Uh, $300,000. So I was still so I was less off when it came to the sweater. Yeah, like you were pretty close. $50,000 off. Wow, I was even thinking 250,000 was a lot, but I know how people love right? their Kurt. I know. It's kind of crazy to me. $300,000 for this sweater that he no doubt spent like $8 on. Is there anybody <laughs> I would say less. I was going to say if he spent that. I mean, he had to save money for heroin. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> Oh. Is there anybody that you would pay a pretty penny for to own something of theirs? Oprah. What would you... It's like a coffee mug that she drank um, from. When they uh, shut down the studios, I really wanted um, the chairs from oh. the set. Um, Wouldn't not that be the, great not to have the those in your living chair. room? Yeah, not the theater chairs, but the, like the, the interview chairs that they did. I would, yeah. I would have paid good money for those. Well, I know that the Golden Girls furniture was selling for a pretty penny for a while, and then I think our boss knows one of the people who owned it. And I think like, you're right. I kind like of let it that. go into ruin. Like it was they like Wicker or something. Yeah, right? yeah because yeah, yeah. it was, yeah, of course it was Wicker. Uh, but I think it's hard to upkeep Wicker, and oh, if you yeah. don't really put money into it, if then it not. just kind of like is an old couch sitting in your garage, it's not hermetically sealed or something. I would imagine that <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. Um. What about you? Would you? Is there someone you would pay like good money or a TV show you'd pay good money for a set piece? Yeah, I guess it would be it would be Golden Girls if I could just do like I don't know one of like their old romance novels that they're mm, always reading. Okay. Okay. Or, one of those cheesecakes, maybe. Uh, an old cheesecake. <laughs> I want the original <laughs> piece of cheesecake that was. She does love old desserts. I'm just. Is that? Is that a lesbian the, joke? The, no, the cake. Oh, yeah, oh, that's true. I thought there was a lesbian joke I was like, this there. makes sense, but I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Nobody gets ginger humor. I know yeah, they don't. No. You're right. Nor ginger Yeah, snaps. I think that would be the only one. I, like, There's no celebrity where I'm like, oh, my God, I, yeah. I would need to own that, especially if they're far gone. I'm not like, yeah. oh, Amy Winehouse, I need her hair tie or something like that. Yeah, I would I would probably want something from the set of Living Single, but like, there's nothing like, <laughs> iconic on that set. Do you think how much do you think that would go for? I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I would want something from that show. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, what would I spend a bunch of money on? It'd be those seats from Oprah yeah, for sure. Well, if you want to weigh in, you can always call us at eight three three seven seven call Q. What would you pay good money for from a show or a movie, some memorabilia? And uh, we have news it or lose it a little early today because Nurse Alice is going to be joining us a little later in the show when uh, she gives us live flu shots. Yes, and Stick we want to know. Around. We want to know what you're afraid of with flu shots. Give us a call eight three three seven seven call Q. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Justin, it is time for us to do something a little bit earlier than we're used to doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've got something big coming up a little bit later. Allie's excited about getting flu shots and Nurse Alice is coming in. And she's going to give us flu shots and she's going to answer some of the questions that people have that or dispel some of the myths, I should say, that people have about flu shots. I'm sorry. Are you not excited about getting a flu shot? Oh, no, I'm thrilled about it. OK, great. No, no, no I'm I thought excited. we were both on the same page. I was like, we're not we don't have to pay for parking. Oh, we no. don't have to go to the hospital. <laughs> Emmy was like, I uh, she was like, um, I'm totally not getting a flu shot. I, I know. That's why it's important to talk about why it's important to get yeah, a flu shot. Absolutely. Okay. So a because, lot of non-believers. Because we're doing that um, in the one o'clock hour uh, or four o'clock hour if you're on the East Coast, um, we're going to do right now, news it or lose it. 
Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, Allie, you apparently found the bell. I did. Um, and uh, here are uh, your headline options. Number one, Alessia Cara imitates seven pop Stop stars. Stop you. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it right now before I break this bell. This is the third day in a row with that damn story. I'm sorry. It's so funny. I'm to gonna do. I'm dizzy. <laughs> I so will do all of those impressions if you stop oh, doing that. Man. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Your actual first headline: <laughs> um, Man gets treated in hospital for infected knee, gets a bill for six hundred thousand dollars. I think the house is more expensive. <laughs> I'll lose it. it? Sure. Okay. Humans have a quote salamander-like ability to regrow cartilage. Study finds. Oh, sure. The masked singer unmasks eagle, <laughs> and we're knocked over with a feather. Spoiler alert. <laughs> do you want to do this? I fit. Well, we already know who it is. Okay, well then lose it. Oh. Okay. Um, I saw that headline as we were doing another story. I was like, thanks a lot, Allison. Okay, you know what? You just watched the episode. It'll still be great. Okay. And I didn't necessarily give anything away. You did not give away that it's... mm, Never mind. Okay. Will Smith reveals the wild, wild advice he'd give his younger self. The wild, wild advice. Everybody, that the wild, wild advice. Why did I not see that coming? Huh? Um, okay, and then... For more Will Smith jokes, for, I do it. Exactly. Um, and <laughs> Shut up, Justin. <laughs> Finally, 17 places to go if you're looking for the laziest vacation ever. Oh, sure. Right? Okay. okay. So, man gets treated in hospital for infected knee, gets a bill for $600,000. Humans have a salamander-like ability to regrow cartilage. You skipped the mass Singer after spoiling it for everyone earlier. Um, and Will Smith reveals the wildest advice that he would give himself, and then 17 places. We're going start off with the 17 places we're gonna go backwards um any ideas on where the 17 places what one of these places might be laziest yeah hawaii's gotta be on there um the number one on the list is ketchikan alaska have you been to alaska no, I haven't. If you ever take cruises to Alaska, they always take you to Ketchikan. It's a very quiet, like sleepy kind of old mm. city. Um, and so it's a cool place to go. Um, they say Koh Lanta, Thailand. You've been. Yeah. You've gone to. Uh, Koh Lanta, I think, is one of the islands. Yes. And then, I think I went to something very similar. I went to Koh Yao Noi, which there's like not a lot of people there and there aren't really any cars. Exactly. It was perfect fantastic. Then. Yeah. Okay. When we take a quick break, we're going to come back with more uh, news that will lose it. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. All right, Allie. We've got three stories to get through. Are you ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Number one, we were talking about the 17 best places to go if you're looking for a lazy vacation. I was giving you a few of them. Um, Some of the other ones include um, Newfoundland, uh, Canada, the Amalfi Coast in Italy, which, you know, pretty fancy pants. Okay, coast in Italy. Um, I don't know what, what did you say? Multi-poo what? Amalfi Coast. Oh. That's where all the rappers and rich people go. Really? Yeah. Well, and George Clooney. Okay. Okay, I'm there. George Clooney, Martha Stewart, rappers. Okay. Um, and then also um, uh, the 
Cambria, California. Are you familiar with Cambria, California? Yes, but I would never think to go there for a vacation ever. Well, there's that. Um, so there's like this whole list. I just tweeted it out of 17 places to go if you're looking for a, a lazy vacation, which sounds very much like you and or I. Well, I mean, there are vacations, then there were staycations, and now it seems that there are laycations. <laughs> Is that a thing? Now it is. Okay, it is. Um, so, this other headline says, uh, you, you chose this headline, humans have a salamander-like ability to regrow cartilage, according to a new study. Um, they did this study that found cartilage in human joints can repair itself through a process similar to that used by creatures such as salamanders and zebrafish to regenerate their limbs. It says the study found that the age of cartilage depends on its location in the body. It says cartilage is young in the ankles, it's middle-aged Ew. in the knees, and old in the hips. Okay. Based upon the way is that this the cartilage is just a description ages. of me, Basically, young yes. in the ankles, old in the hips. Well, it's it's interesting because they say the different places in your body where you have this, these different kinds of cartilage, and they 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 reference it as having aged. They say the correlation lines up with how animals regenerate fastest at the further tips of their bodies, like their tails or the ends of their legs. These factors explain why ankle injuries heal faster than knee and hip huh. injuries, and are fewer instances of uh, arthritis in their ankle or compared to other the other two areas. That's interesting. I didn't. So, we're, that. You're basically a salamander. Ah, uh, well, hey, that's what you're getting. You know out what? Of this. That's a step up. I'm excited. I think that uh, if we can regenerate on our own and then also have bionic limbs, we'll and be the, unstoppable. That and then put AI in our brains and then yeah. we've basically got everything. Okay, so the last one, Will Smith reveals the wild, wild adve- advice he'd give himself, um, his younger self. You had wild, wild west jokes. Yes, I did. You felt like that was funny. Well. <laughs> Okay, because why are Will you challenging Smith, me on that? Will Smith does not think it's funny. He said wild, wild advice. Well, um, he famously turned down the role of Neo in The Matrix. They offered him that role and he said no, because he had another he movie to do. Neo. He said Neo. <laughs> Neo. He had another movie to do called The Wild Wild West. No! Yes. Oh, that's so terrible. It's a, uh, He's like, I know a good script when I see one. Exactly. And this is so the it on, factor. On Tuesday, he was on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and he said that um, he didn't do well. He didn't do The Matrix because he thought Wild Wild West was going to be more of a fun movie. He did do a really good song with Cisco. I don't know if you remember that. I mean, yes, that's what I was joking exactly, about. Do you right. have that, Ginger Justin? How do you not have that available? Ginger Justin um, failed us just on West. that one. Yeah, <laughs> Wild Wild West is something brought up often enough to where I would I, already have the clip ready. You I mean, are hired Justin, to have this clip on the ready. Get out of here, Justin! At any given moment, I don't know why that was not in the job description. Well, Will Smith was asked um, if he would what if the advice he would give himself. He would say, "I would say, dude." Do Neo. <laughs> because, yeah. And the whole audience, like, he says, because I was offered the Matrix, and the whole audience groans. And he's like, how do you think I feel? Like, yeah. oh, you guys are groaning? Right. I really You're missed like, out. At least you still got to do the movie, or, like, watch the movie and exactly. enjoy the movie, not really know. Yeah, uh, I, that is, that's one of those horrible things that you really wish you could go back on. Do you have it? Do what? Well, yeah. Oh, Justin is very proud of himself right now. I mean, it's a really I mean, good you song. know what? This is better than The Matrix. He's I mean, rock. At He's least right. he got to do this song. You know what I mean? Like, it's. To a- the wild, wild west. Yeah. I, oh, you, what is this dance that you're doing? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. See, this is why I didn't have the clip right. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have advice that you would give your younger self? 
Uh, yeah, it would be. So when I was in uh, college, at the end of college, I went to like one of those actor showcases things in LA. Uh-oh. I was living in New York at the time. Did that I was going to make story? you a star. No, uh, I, no, but we all know the actor showcase where you're going to be famous because you were in the showcase. Oh yes, never that was there was a lot on the line. Right. So after the showcase, so they let you know like which agents liked you yeah. and want you to drop off headshots and resumes and stuff. And I walked in and I, I was so scared. I would just walk in and like drop it off at the reception desk and leave. Mm. So there was one that was on Wilshire Boulevard. There was no parking anywhere. I parked in like a towaway zone and I was like, I'm just running up to get my headshot and resume. I walked up. The agent walked into the lobby and was like, hey, Ali, I remember you from the audit- from the um, showcase. Do you want to come in and, and sit down and chat? And I looked at her and I said, I'm double parked. You did not say and that. I, yes. And, and I you left. left? You didn't go back? No. What is wrong with That's you? That's what I mean. It's my Neo. Oh, you chose the Wild Wild West. I did. And look, here I am. And where is Cisco now? Where? Not here to save oh, me. Oh, that's awful. Justin, yeah. you have advice for your old self? Other than like have the Wild Wild West clip ready? <laughs> anything other? other than from five minutes <laughs> exactly. ago? Exactly. D- Do you have anything? Don't, don't jump No, I, probably to not play the Wild Wild West <laughs> yeah. so that she wouldn't start singing. I would tell myself, like, uh, I, I was really nervous to move away to go to school, and I would I would go back and tell myself, like, calm down. It's going to be fine. Oh, okay. Because I, I would always worry about things way too much. I do too, yeah. Like, everything's going to work out fine. You'll be okay. Yeah, nothing's, like, if you take yourself too seriously, I do that too, where I'm like, everything's on the line. Exactly, and it's like, yeah. But it's kind of not. I would probably go back on some of the fashion choices, but we don't have to get into oh, that. Oh, God, that's a yeah, whole no. other Pandora <laughs> We'll be right back. Nurse Alice is here, and she's giving us flu shots and answering the questions that we mostly get wrong about flu shots, uh, about why you should probably get one. That's coming up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Before we get into flu shots, which I know everyone is really excited and has questions about, I want to remind you that tonight at 9 p.m. Pacific time and midnight Eastern, you're going to have the opportunity to tune in because we're going to have a live special um, where we're going to be going through the CNN town hall that's happening with HRC tonight. We're going to be uh, joined by Ryan Mitchell from Let's Go There, who's going to be covering the trending stories of, of what's been going on and how people are responding to the town hall. Karen Ocamp from the Los Angeles Blade is going to be here. She's going to actually be at a big watch event and coming to join us to talk about what we heard from the candidates. Matthew Craffey is from the uh, California Log Cabin Republicans. Uh, we'll see what he thought about what the candidates had to say. And then Lucas Acosta from HRC is going to be giving us a call because he will actually be at the event and giving us some mm, inside perspective. Lots so, of different opinions in the yes, mix there. Yes, exactly. So we've got an hour, uh, a very special hour coming up at 9 o'clock Pacific Time, midnight Eastern. Um, Ali, you had a tweet from someone that uh, Someone's upset with us. Mad at us, which is always fun. Well, it was when we were talking about how Ellen DeGeneres was sitting next to George W. Bush at the Cowboys game this weekend and right. how a bunch of people are very upset about it. And then Reese Witherspoon and some other people were saying, like, it's not that big of a deal. Ellen herself said, yeah, I'm friends with him. It's okay. It's okay to be different. Anyway, we kind of had the opinion that, like, yeah, you know, people get very, very offended about everything and there are plenty of other things to get mad about. And this person at Feels Modern on Twitter was not happy with our opinion. If at DTS show, this is what she said, or he. If at DTS show was feeling meh on Ellen slash GWB, it was an absolute. It was absolutely an option to not touch it, but y'all did anyway, choosing to frame this conversation in the same tired narrative. Listen to thoughtful criticisms more closely, please. So this person is outraged and upset that we're not outraged about the outrage. Yeah, I I feel like I mean I love you for listening, but like. 
you can't tell me to be mad about something that I don't care about. Like, I don't care that Ellen DeGeneres is friends with George W. Bush. I don't care that you guys are mad about her being seated next to someone and being in a photograph. I just don't care. And mad at the people who are not mad about it. Right. Like, And you're being mad at us for not being mad about it. There are other things that me as a black, gay, recovering Christian, mm-hmm. uh, Californian, whatever, broadcaster person, there's plenty of different things for me to be mad about. This ain't one of them. If you're looking at something to be mad about, go to CNN.com. <laughs> or, right? or look to Washington, D.C. There's plenty there. Go on Breitbart News if you want something to be Ooh, mad about. Jesus. Okay. okay. All right. Let's talk flu shots. Doctor. Do- Dr. Nurse Alice. I don't know. Nurse Alice is joining us. She's America's favorite nurse. How's it going? Going well. Thank you very much. We're so excited to have you here. Allie had this harebrained idea last week. Like, you should ask Nurse Alice if she can bring in flu shots. I was like, she can't bring in flu shots. What are you talking about? Yeah. And And then then we asked her and and Nurse Alice said, what did you say? I said, absolutely, yeah. I can bring them. Allie is so smart, Jared. You should give her more credit for I, I was She's so, so... I'm arguably smart. Arguably. Nobel Peace Prize. Hello. Thank so, you. Nurse Alice is here. And I wanted to talk to you before we actually do the flu shots about some of the most common myths about the flu, because we talk about the flu shot specifically, because we were talking with our producer, Emmy, and she was like, I'm not taking a flu shot. I'm not getting the flu. And it was like... You don't get the flu from the flu shot. And Ginger Justin, too, not to put you on the spot, but you had the option to get a flu shot today, and you didn't want one, right, Ginger Justin? I've never been a fan of the flu shot. Okay. I've always been fine without it. All right. Why, so, why are you not a fan of it? What what is what is the concern that you have about it? Well, it's just been, it's a whole process to go through something that I haven't really needed. Interesting. So, okay. Nurse Alice, do you How care do you, to step in? Well, you don't need it until you need it. That's that's the point. It's yeah. all about prevention. So you've been lucky um, and blessed, right? Knock on some wood. Knock on wood, yeah. Um, that you haven't gotten the flu shot. But the flu season is coming. Um, flu season is actually kicking off. It starts um, in October and it goes all the way through as late as May. Oh, my God. So people are going to start getting sick. So this is actually the best time to get the flu shot if you're going to get it. I didn't realize flu season was so long. Yeah, it's that's funny. most of the year. Yeah, yes. That's, that's more than half the year, yeah. It but is. I've been okay other flu seasons is what I'm saying. And I have a strong immune system. It's one of the only good qualities about me. Okay. Well, could it <laughs> that be... And, and really luscious hair. Oh, his hair looks good. <laughs> but could you. it be that the people around you have gotten their flu shot and by virtue of being around some good people, <gasps> oh. you've not gotten the flu? Because that is what we call cocooning. So you've been cocooned, maybe. Yeah, I've been I've been piggybacking off of everybody else's shot. Cocooning. So lazy. Cocooning. Okay, but like people are really afraid of taking the flu shot because they think it's going to give them the flu or they're going to get sick from it. How do so, you how do you answer that? So flu or false? That is a big falsehood. Okay. Oh. Um, you cannot get the flu by getting the flu shot. Um, and actually, what happens is because you know this is flu season. Unless you're an early bird and get your flu shot early, you actually might get exposed to the flu virus uh, prior to getting an actual flu vaccine. So getting it now is the best time to do it. But no, you won't get the flu. What about it making you sick, giving you a cold? Uh, it won't give you, well, let me say this. There's over 200 cold viruses, quite a few more hundred um, viruses out there that could make you sick, but it's not necessarily the flu that's doing it. But, you know, there mm. are some, there could be some side effects from the flu vaccine. The biggest one, though, is the pain and redness around the arm. You might get a little stuffy nose, a little headache, um, a little, you know, tired, but that'll shortly lived and it'll pass. Okay. One of the interesting things you said, um, and we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and, and do the flu shot. You said that sometimes people will take Tylenol or something before the flu shot to avoid the the 
Yeah, I just took some Tylenol. Yes. So um, if you're someone who's had, you know, oh, my shoulder hurts, my arm hurts, take Motrin or uh, Tylenol before you get the flu shot, at least 30 minutes. That way that medicine's already kicking and grooving. That's a good tip. So you can, yeah, have less pain. Why not? I've had a flu shot most years in the last decade, maybe. I don't think I've ever heard to take like a pain medicine before. I guess that I wouldn't even sense. think to take Tylenol to make my arm not hurt from yeah. a shot at well, all. It makes that's, perfect sense. That's, that's why, why you're here. here. That's yeah. why I'm here. That's America's favorite nurse. <laughs> oh, America's favorite nurse is getting the shots ready as we speak. We have, She has everything. I mean, radio studios are some of the dirtiest places I've ever been. She's making it clean. She is uh, sanitizing <laughs> everything. Everything is uh, completely... Uh, uh, this is the proper process. Process. We have a nurse in the house. We're going to get flu shots live on the air She's next. So don't gloves. go anywhere. She's got gloves. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Don't go anywhere. Let's just drop the subject. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Nurse Alice is in here taking me to task. Where's your paperwork, buddy? Yeah. Like, okay, you better go to the bathroom because you don't want to get a bladder infection. I, she's making sure I've keeping been you holding, on your toes. I've been waiting to go to the bathroom because I had news that I lose it. And she's like, you're going to get a bladder infection. I was like, but I just, what? Yeah. It's all love. It's all love. <laughs> so before we get into our actual flu shots, which you have ready and raring to go, Jarrett and I both have our arms out, our sleeves rolled up. We're getting excited. But you said there's also some kind of a rumor about a flu mist and how some people are taking that instead of a flu shot. What What is that all about? Yes. So actually there are different types of flu shots out there and there's a flu mist but the thing is not everyone's eligible for the flu mist it's only for people between the ages of 2 and 49 who are otherwise healthy Um, and you basically just like a a saline mist that you would inhale in your nose, you'd inhale it in your nose. So make sure you're not sick if you're going to get that one. But you still think that's an effective alternative if people hate take, getting shots? Well, they brought it back. The CDC says that it's equivalent. In previous years, there's been some questions about if it's as effective as a shot. But this year, CDC is saying, you know, it's it's uh, eligible. It's hmm. out in the market. All right. Well, hey, you know, it's, as soon as someone came up with spray tan, it was like, let's spray mist everything. Um, so what about uh, this specific flu shot? Is this different than because I know it's a different strain every year. Are you making it stronger? Because I feel like flu sh- flu in general, flus in general are getting stronger. It's like the super flu and the super mega flu and all that junk. Absolutely. So the flu virus mutates all the time and it's actually in circulation somewhere in the world every day of the year. Um, And once it gets to us, our scientists with the weather pattern and what has been happening in other parts of the country, they try to predict which strains will impact us. Okay. So So um, this is the concoction they've come up with. This is the concoction. And so there have been uh, vaccines that have cover you from three viruses this and there are some that cover you with four so what you all are getting is the the mama vaccine that covers you from the four viruses so fantastic and it's preservative free that's also oh, very important. Nice. Okay. Yes, and you wanted to shout out to the person who. Um, who yeah, because these made are these, these were donated us. to yeah. us. Oh yes, yes, yes. So these flu shots were provided by Doctor Kopane Vishne of okay. V Medical. So yeah, I'll I'll talk about that while I'll let you at, oh, um, sure. give Allie the 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 flu shot. All right, so I'm we want to thank Doctor V Medical. Um, they have a state of the art LGBTQ focused primary care practice located in the heart of the museum district in the intersection of West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, and Mid Wilshire. So there are several different flu shots on the market, and Doctor. 
Dr. V Medical carries uh, the top shelf version. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm getting top shelf flu exactly, shot. Exactly right. All right, um, here we go. That was not bad. That oh. was that was all over, we're, and I get a sucker and a band aid, don't shoot, I? We're putting an uh, Instagram live um, so that you can see Allie getting the shot. Um, so shout out to uh, Dr. Vishne. We really appreciate you um, for protecting us from the many different flames. All right, of the I'm flu virus. I'm done. I got mine. And you got I, yours. This is this is one of the many perks of radio. Why you are know, you getting crying, top Allie? shelf. <laughs> What's with the wet face? Okay, you know what? I'm <laughs> crying inside only. I'm crying on the inside. This is great. I've never been able to afford top shelf uh, products of I, any listen, kind, so I'm, it's great. I'm only a top shelf kind of guy. I know you are. You know that's I, if not you true. had well shots. Oh my gosh! Right? Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Um, Allie, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I, I did what Nurse Alice said I should do, which is take a little bit of Tylenol beforehand, yeah. which I think actually is making some kind of an impact. You know, I'm actually really good with needles. I just don't like to see it happening. I always, oh, really? Whenever I have to get like blood drawn, it's actually not so horrifying for me to, to get the needle. I just don't like to look. All I right. I don't like to see it happen. One, two, uh, three. Hey, no, look no, at no, it. Don't count. That then I know it's coming. <laughs> All right, it's happening now. It's happening. It's happened. I don't know. I wonder Done. what it's like to stab somebody in the arm like that. Yeah, like, what just is poke this? it all the way through. What is it like to use needles on people? Is it did, is it take getting used to, or has it always been fun for you? No, it takes some. Definitely takes some getting used to. To just jab it all the way yeah, through. Yeah, because we never want to hurt someone, but we do it for the benefit of them. But. Um, it's yeah, a little scary. It's a little scary. It feels yeah. a little weird every single time. Really? Really? Okay. Yes. So it's not just weird for us. No, no. Okay. So I am going on a plane in, I think, I, I believe 24 hours or no, maybe a little more than 24 hours. That's not a problem that I've taken the flu shot and then I'm going to go a bunch of, uh, around a bunch of people that could potentially be sick and have a bunch of recycled air. She could go get on a plane right <laughs> now, right? Yes, you can get on a plane right now. Getting the flu shot is not going to prohibit you from any activities. So you can, st- you know, go live your best life, Allie. Okay, You're great. totally fine on the plane. It doesn't matter. I'm not more susceptible to getting sick. No, but I will say this. When it comes to um, preventing the flu, the flu vaccine is, you know, the number one thing you can do. But other precautions, you know, washing your hands, staying away from coughing people, um, <laughs> yeah. those type of things. And you're getting on a plane. Make sure you bring some disinfectant because flu, uh, the virus can actually live on inanimate objects. So just make sure that uh, you've cleaned objects. And then also, even though I've given you the flu shot today, it takes the body about two weeks to build up the antibodies to be fully effective. So just know that. Um all right, my body's doing some stuff to get ready. Right. Yes. And well, I, I will definitely bring some hand sanitizer and some Clorox wipes, and it's Spirit Airlines, so I guess I'll probably double up Ooh, on girl. that. Oh, Spirit. Wow. <laughs> Spirit. Um, okay, we want to thank uh, Dr. Vishne again. Uh, we really appreciate you offering these you. up to us. Yeah. And um, yes. Nurse Alice, thanks for being here with the flu shots. Thank you. I'm so glad I got y'all ready for flu season. I yes, know. Y'all me too. For, you know, I'm just saying. Awesome. I'm all powerful. <laughs> we'll yes. take a quick break when we come back it is time for the happy ending we'll talk to you soon don't go anywhere drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel q drop the subject the new channel q okay we're back what on the you, air what are you doing we're why are you live. so upset i because you know you know how i get really excited about my happy ending you do um, and okay now i'm putting together <laughs> by the tone in your voice that you don't have one that you're no, proud of i do it might not have a period at the end yet, but um, you know we're halfway there. Well, that's that's actually a great happy ending right there. There might not be a period at the end, but we'll get there. Wow, wow! <laughs> it's time for happy ending. 
Yeah. This is an opportunity for us to take something that may have been a little bit of a bummer throughout yeah. the show, and then we put a nice little silver lining on it, Absolutely. and we give you something positive. Do you want me to start this one? Yeah, please do. I'm, well, I'm not going to, because I'm not it. ready. But uh, j- you have two? All right. Oh, he has to go second. I will go first because I'm the one here who has done her homework. Listen, I don't appreciate your tone. I feel like I feel accused like in attack. <laughs> my t- my uh, happy ending is as follows. Yes, sure. Will Smith has made some career mistakes, oh. which he admitted to. And we all have made some mistakes in our lives. But let this be a positive learning lesson for all the young people out there building careers of their own. The takeaway is remember... Neo means neo. <laughs> I see what you did there. Okay. I see what you did there. Thank you very much. Nurse Alice is, is still in the studio. And she's like, I don't know what that was supposed well, to be. Well, it's because he turned, <laughs> I'll give you some context, Nurse Alice. He turned down the role of Neo in The Matrix. So that's why it's funny because Neo means neo. But it's also, you know, as in, no, no. I'm still getting blank it's, stares. It's okay. okay, it wasn't that great. Hey, you, uh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> well, you better bring it. Yeah, I know, right? I'm really you criticize mine, up. and exactly. then you give me half cooked <laughs> happy endings. Justin, what you got? Sure, we may have done flu shots live on the air, but damn it, foiled by the unskippable ad again. Oh, that did happen to you on the show today. Well played. What? Well played. Remember, he tried to play the clip from 60 Minutes. Oh, oh And it oh, had a commercial it. that played at the okay. beginning. Okay, all right. Yep. Nobody gets ginger humor. Nobody does. That's okay. the real happy ending. So, Nurse Alice was watching me write mine, and I was like, I wrote, like, ginger humor. There's got to be something about ginger humor. So, that's all you have is ginger humor First written of all, on... how dare you? Wow. Second of all, kind Revolutionary. of... Revolutionary. Well, I, I literally wrote, like, I started writing three different things. Um, so, the first... First one was. Ginger. Are you going to give us all of your? Yep, I'm just going to give you what all I was right. working on, Alton. <laughs> I started off with Ginger Justin may not have gotten a flu shot today, but look at the bright side. Cruel. Yep. Ellipsis. All right. Yeah. All right so you're just going to give us a, a, a rundown of what happened well, on the show well, today. I wrote ellipsis, and then I wrote ginger humor. Ginger humor. <laughs> Insert ginger Nothing. humor here. And then I thought Allie may have ruined the mass singer for us all by spoiling the unmasking that happened last night. That's it. But, you did. You ruined it. You ruined it for me. But at least, you know, you're not obsessively watching The Masked Singer because then you're really losing. Well, not yet, but um, I had planned on starting to watch it this weekend. Okay. Well, you should still watch it. I still think it's going to be a pleasant experience I'm for pretty you. sure. I don't think that I completely ruined it. Someone else just texted me, why is so-and-so on The Masked Singer? And it's not the person you said. I'm like, you people are ruining uh, everything. Oh, no. Hey, want to remind you to tune in tonight at 9 p.m. Pacific time, midnight Eastern, because we have a very special ele- um, uh, post Town Hall from CNN HRC with Ryan Mitchell, Karen Ocam, Matthew Craffy, Lucas Acosta, and yours truly. That will be on for an hour, live tonight, immediately following Loveline. Um, and then we have a whole new show for you tomorrow. Yes, we do. Yeah. Spends tomorrow's National Coming Out Day. So we're going to talk to our moms yes. about our coming out stories. And we're also going to hear from Michaela Gordon of The Morning Beat what her coming out story is. And we have a new game, Did Donald Trump Say It or Regina George from Mean Girls? <laughs> Which I think is probably one of my favorite things. Yeah. So All right, we'll tune see you tomorrow. Have a good one. I'll see you at midnight. On the, ne- on the next. Drop the subject. On the next show, it's National Coming Out Day. We've told our coming out stories, but did we get it right? We'll find out when we go over them with the ones who know us best. Our moms. We'll also play a new game. Who said it? Donald Trump or Regina George? Example, is butter a carb? Mm, this is going to be tough. Drop the subject. 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern. On the new Channel Q.